Hello, heroes, and welcome to the 43rd episode of Campaign. I'm Kat Cool, your host and game master. Before we get started, first, let me tell you about Basecamp. When you use Basecamp to run projects, people know what to do, people know where things are, and you stay on top of everything all the time. Next, this episode marks Campaign's one-year anniversary. I really love playing with you, John, Johnny, and James. Thank you for a great year. Thanks, too, to you listeners. So many of you have written us mail and fanfiction, drawn us art, seen us at shows, and even contributed money to the Patreon that keeps us afloat. Your generosity is insane. I want to extend a special thank you to all you listeners who've let us know that we've inspired you to either play, GM, or podcast for the first time. I'm not always the best at taking compliments, but the idea that I've maybe helped someone try their hand at something they've been wanting to try isn't just humbling. It's helped me through some pretty sucky days, so thank you. I'm excited for the new year. We have a lot of neat stuff in the works that I can't wait to share. If any new listeners are jumping on board here at Findar, welcome. Welcome to our largely incompetent pretend space family. Snuggle up to the closest born scare you can find and let Lenik know how you take your tea. We're glad to have you on board. Next, the whole Minot crew will be at ValorCon, which runs in Chicago from October 16th to the 18th. If you're in the area, we'd love to see you. Events are posted now. Now, James and I would like to thank some of our outstanding Patreon backers. Leo Miller, thank you so much. Thanks, Leo Miller. Ray Slazinski. Whoa, I messed up. Ray Slikinski. Yeah, there we go. Boom. I totally would have nailed that name. I would not. I'm sorry, Ray. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you Ray. Jude Vias. Jude Vase, thank you so much. <laughs> I don't know that that's it how you pronounce Vice. that. It could be. That would be really cool if it's Vice, Jude. It's also <laughs> cool if it's anything else. Thank you for existing and for helping us. Thank you so much, Jude. Isaac Priestley. Isaac Priestley? Okay, good. I, I'm so nervous now that Isaac I'm Priestley. getting the easy Thank names you. wrong. Thank you, Isaac. <laughs> Derek Ellerman. Thank you so much. Patrick Molman. Thank you so much. Thanks, Patrick. Heath Cock. Nope. Heath <laughs> <laughs> That's, and there we go. That is dyslexia in its rawest form. Heath Cock is the best you could have seen. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, I hope that doesn't happen to you a lot because your name's cool. Keith Hawk. Keith Hawk. Thank Keith you. Cock. Great. Oh my gosh. Just Great. say thank you to Keith. Thank Hawk. you so much, Keith. Bradley Evans. Thanks, thank Bradley. You. And now, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Immigration! Smuggler Captain Tristan Valentine and his crew! The gentle-hearted bounty hunter Lenik Gilo! The put-upon ex-clone soldier Bacta! Former Explore Corps scientist Lintel Laroon! Five-year-old Force-sensitive knight brother Tamlin Jerun! Best-selling author Nimodian Sparks! And 400-pound poisonous psychic space wolf of greater-than-human intelligence, Tony Vornskier, aboard the Skip-Ray blast boat christened Minoc, have once again narrowly escaped Imperial capture. They have jumped to the jungle planet of Findar to seek medical care, repair, and work. What they find will be danger. It's Roll Forced and Destiny, okay. not what it's called. Forced and Destiny. Isn't it just the Destiny roll? One dark side. Hey, one dark side. One dark side. One light side. We're doing good already, guys. The Findar system. You are looking onto someone, at least probably, someone in the cockpit is looking at a slightly purple planet with a whole lot of green space. Doesn't have a moon. 
does have a habisphere, which looks like a little Death Star, outside of it, known as Findar Station. Who are you guys? What are you all doing right now? Bacta, a former clone trooper left over from the Clone Wars, is bending down right now trying to force a Vornskir, which is a large space wolf with a poisonous tail, to vomit into a bag. Bacta has got a fairly heavy build. He looks very strong. He has tattoos running up and down his arms. Each tattoo has the call number of a different clone trooper and a nickname next to it. At the base of Bacta's neck, there is a slight purple stain where he rubs a drug lisi that allows him not to sleep. Uh, right now, he is trying to put the bag beneath the Vornskir's mouth, and it keeps moving its mouth every time he places the bag. Uh, the Vornskir is making sounds like it is going to vomit any second. The Vornskir, Tony Vornskir, Tony Vornskir. Bel- beloved Base Wolf family dog, really, of the Minot crew. Yes, Base Wolf pet friend. Uh, Son. Greater than human intelligence, 400 a, pounds. Has a very <laughs> dapper... Good obituary right now. <laughs> <for Tony. laughs> has a very dapper pink collar on. Sex um, collar. And uh, is currently looking at you with extremely pleading eyes. Please, buddy, just do it in the bag. <laughs> I don't care that you have to do it, but please do it in the bag. He's making that terrible, like, lunger noise that dogs do when they're starting to throw up. Good for you, Bacta. <laughs> the the Minox uh, Skip Ray Blast Boat. It's a pretty small ship. Uh, anybody else in that room? I'm nearby by the stove. Mm-hmm. I'm Lena Gilo, a male Rodian wearing a curly blonde wig. I changed wigs. Do they tend to have like a kind of mohawk thing? Because your head isn't exactly human shaped, right? So the, like, how the, do they... The ear stalks stick out. Okay, <laughs> cute. I mean, sometimes. Sometimes I wear a mohawk wig. Sure. But, but the longer hair... But generally you wear things that like are for a full head of human hair. Yeah, and I cut holes in it to okay. stick my ears through here. Good, good. Uh, so it's like a, a blonde curly wig. Bangs or no bangs? Oh, no bangs, no, no bangs, bangs, no bangs, no bangs. So you wear a wig. What else? Uh, oh, definitely an eye patch. It's on the right eye right now. And I'm wearing like a flight suit kind of uh-huh. thing, you know, tight jumpsuit and a, an apron over that. I have a question. Yes. Is it a long sleeved jumpsuit? Yes. Okay. Then on the relevant arm. Oh, yes. Have you pinned it up? <sighs> Uh, so that's my left arm. Yeah. Or it was my... We should talk about what happened. Yeah. So I am missing my left hand. I don't think I pinned it up. I think I keep forgetting that I don't have a hand. It happened pretty recently. Yeah, very recently. So I I keep going to grab things and then getting frustrated that I can't. As the fabric. flapping (laughs) sleeve. And I'm wearing an apron over the flight suit that says... The cook's busy, so kiss me instead. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a cooking apron. And it's, it's a, a kissing and it's apron. An apron that says that. <laughs> the cook's busy, so kiss me instead. It's a sous chef apron. Oh, oh, that's great. It also has a patch on it of a rooster that you clearly yes, added yeah, yeah, yeah. so that it would fit with the, the decor of the of kitchen, the kitchen yeah. which is generally rooster themed. Rooster themed. <laughs> not generally, extremely. <laughs> And and I'm preparing some tea to help settle everyone's stomach, but mostly Tony's stomach, because we're coming out of hyperspace, and it makes him sick. And he's my son. Tony's my son. I'm Tony's dad. First and foremost, I'm Tony's dad. (laughs) Um, What was... And his mom. There is another Rodian in the kitchen area sitting on the piano bench 
there's a pink sparkly piano in yeah, the kitchen. There is a pink sparkly mention. piano in the kitchen. No, it's got a pink sparkly bench. Yeah. yeah. Is it a pink sparkly bench? Oh yeah, it matches the piano. Oh I didn't know. Yeah. Good we, to know. We need to add a pink sparkly rooster to it if it's going to stay in here. Yeah. Just That's so everyone knows. True. Said Rodian is Nemoidian Sparks, universally beloved author of romance novels. Lenik is a what, a greeny blue Rodian mm-hmm. and Nemoidian Sparks is kind of gray skin and big bluish eyes. And he is wearing the only clothes he has on the ship. Like, flannel shirt. Yeah, a grubby, at this point, grubby looking flannel shirt and pair of space jeans. Nice. Yeah, that's what he's got. Um, they were his concert clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to look cool and young. <laughs> oh. What's he currently doing? Uh, he probably has a notebook out, sort of writing, not not writing a, a novel, but just sort of taking notes and also maybe sort of mindlessly vamping on the on the on the keys as he's writing yeah i can see that his suction cup fingers occasionally stick to one of the keys and yeah we have to get those greased we really have to grease that piano (laughs) yeah if we want to play if if nemo and i want to play the piano we've got to keep it greased up (laughs) couldn't you just like put flour on your hands flour on my hands can you read my grease on my (laughs) piano exclaimed the captain of the ship (laughs) i will buy a piano for bugs if bugs want to play piano well then you better get some bugs on the ship because i don't see any oh well you wouldn't because you can't see yourself you bug (laughs) oh you'd see one bug nemo and nemo would see one bug you nemo Nemo is a guest (laughs) nemo casually reaches over and presses the panel on the wall that closes the door to the kitchen (laughs) so the irate man sitting in the captain's chair cannot yell back at them (laughs) what does that irate man look like and who is he uh captain trist valentine is sitting in the uh, captain's chair uh he was eagerly awaiting the um transition out of hyper uh space hoping that there would be some sort of conflict he could immediately engage in uh, which there was not he is around 27 years old a human shoulder length blonde hair currently tied back into a man bun He's wearing his aviator sunglasses, which he wears whenever he is uh, piloting the ship. In case people see him through the view screen, he wants them to know that he is indeed a pilot. He is currently at the controls. He just recently tore up the controls of the uh, uh, ship and put them kind of back together. He isn't totally sure that what he did was putting them back together in the right way. Yeah, so he's kind still of like running fizzing. diagnostics and uh, and testing and uh, running through flight checks and things like that, um, just to make sure that the ship is uh, completely functional. But he's also uh, one of those people that. Uh, isn't too big on, you know, checking things out to make sure they're functional. He wants to really get them, get involved in the nitty gritty to see if everything still works the way he remembers it works. What's he wearing? He, right now he is wearing, uh, his traditional smuggler's, uh, gear because he knows that they're going to be going down to planet. Uh, he's got his, like, a, a, a brown <laughs> smuggler's pants, a white long sleeve shirt, and a brown smuggler's vest. Okay. Smuggler's vest and smuggler's pants. Uh, smuggler's issue vest. <laughs> yeah, smuggler's this, issue is, this is standard smuggler's gear. So, <laughs> so there, it's not a blood stripe, but there is a stripe on the side of these pants, correct? Correct, okay, yes. Okay, thank you. Correct, yes. Good. He buys them from Smuggler's Eagle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> smuggler's Eagle Outfitters. Smuggler's Eagle Outfitters. It's it's standard smuggler's gear. Cool. Um, you don't, no, it's, I'm sorry. It's called uh, Smuggler's Apparel because it's all like basics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just different colors. Yeah, it's just different colors. 
two beings are sitting behind the co-pilot chair on the floor of the, the cockpit working at a math book. The primary person working on the math book is a young Zabrak, a Dathomirin Zabrak, Night Brothers. So the Darth Maul type. A young boy of around five. He is a stark pound symbol FFFFF white um and uh he has like really chunky black tattoos going across his face and neck and the back of his head little nubby horns have started to develop he's got little nubby horns he has violet eyes that are like currently scrunching in grumpy concentration and is wearing a a robe with pants that kind of a pale gray knotted haphazardly lazily is barefoot he's supposed to be doing this math book but he doesn't seem at all happy to be doing you this. better not be using that pencil and that data pad you said you were going to let me pilot so that doesn't sound like something i would say and you cannot pilot until you are done the page you have to finish the page at least i'm doing it the person who scolded him is a, uh, a female Twi'lek with orange skin and brown and gold disruptive coloration tattoos. She's in her early 30s, wears like a standard, a standard Twi'lek leather cap. Standard issue Twi'lek. Standard issue Twi'lek cap with a, with the metal cone ear coverings. She's someone who doesn't have a great variety in her clothing. She mostly wears leathers kind of layered up, um, but she's currently dressed really light. Aside from the big leather boots, uh, she has uh, high-waisted but small leather shorts and then just a white tank top on. In preparation for the climate change that you guys will experience going into Findar. You stop just outside of Findar 6, what you guys would just call Findar, the only planet in the habitable zone of the Findar star. The Findar star is a newer star. Wait a minute, they called it Findar 6? Is the only we call it Findar, yeah, but it is Findar six. So, so this is a planet that did not have sentient life on it initially, or the sentient life on the planet chose to call themselves. Oh, we're Findar six. Interesting. That's a really interesting point. So it's maybe it's, it's just called Findar, but like all of Star Wars looks w- works like this. So like the it's probably because okay. So uh, the the way names, as far as I can tell, in in Star Wars work is that you have a system, and I'm pretty sure the system name is after the star. It's a star system, and then all of the planets in it tend to be named that and a number. I mentioned this is all done by the Republic, though. But like, because if Vindar was a system before like the Republic, because yeah. I'm assuming it existed, yeah, they probably they, called it Findar. And they have a native species. And so. then when the Republic came in, they were like, okay, so this is Findar, and this is the numbering system that we use, and now this is Findar now 6. Now this is Findar 6. And, Findar and they're was like, like, we call... We just call it Findar. And he's like, it's fine. It's Findar 6, though. We're and making, they're like, okay, we're but we call the sun Niflu. And they're like, no, it's just called Findar it's now. It's called Findar 6, okay? <laughs> if you want to live in this city, you have to build roads. <laughs> this is Findar 6. So that's how it must work. I get, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. It's sort of like... Cool. How is Findar spelled? Uh, P-H-I-N-D-A-R. I was way off. Okay, so Findar <laughs> uh, is a, a planet whose atmosphere is like slightly, slightly purple, looking at it from the end. Uh, it can't to, be breathable. No, it can't the be. The computers read this atmosphere as being composed of purple. <laughs> well, Great, humans can breathe purple. Computer land us on Findar. <laughs> 
Cat, how could we use a purple atmosphere for cooking? Okay, so <laughs> so the science behind this is simply it has oxygen in it, but its star is newer, so oh, okay. the way that it reflect d- diffracts the light, it's like you guys see it a pale violet, and you'd see a lot more of the le- electromagnetic spectrum because you have crazy eyes, so you see it as like a bright violet. It doesn't have a moon, but it does have a giant, not as big as the Death Star, but habosphere. The Mm. Findar Station, lots of planets have habospheres outside of them. You have to go there, and then they'll shuttle you to the planet that they have a strict thing with bringing ships in. Is that, like, just a a man-made planet? Kind of. Yeah, it's a space station. Lots of people live there permanently. It's basically like having a moon that people are living on, doing different things. Neat. Back to picks up clipboard. Let's put together our agenda for the planet. It should be pretty simple. We're getting Lenik to a doctor. Yes, yeah, yeah. Why are you looking at me like like I would not want that? I, I don't know. You've made some strange moves in the past couple of days, so I'm just... Well, it's been a weird couple of days. Where are you guys... Where are you in, with the clipboard? I'm in the kitchen area. Okay. So we're all in the kitchen area now. Well, no, I'm still, I'm still piloting, piloting the ship. ship. I get back on the comms. All right, I have already engaged just uh, with uh, Findar Station. We are coming in hot. Uh, why? 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 Why are we coming in hot? hot? Just... No, it's fun this way. Uh, uh, point of order quickly. Is there anything that we need to hide? I feel like we weren't smuggling anything because they, they do full, you know, they're going to do a scan. They're not going to find anything. Okay. Uh, so, we we and then I'm going to try and find a smeltery. And I'll guess an the armor sticks. designer with, like, a sense for points. Okay. Is there anything else? I mean... Uh, we need work. The ship is uh, kind of damaged. We the should probably... Work too. We should probably go shopping for ship parts. We should probably take a job so that we can afford that. But, yeah, we have to get this ship repaired before we leave this place. At least a minimum standard of repair. There are probably a lot of general things that need to happen as well. So... If uh, a couple of us could find work, and a couple of us go to the doctor, and then a couple of us find a smeltery or an armorer. All right. Okay. Uh, what IDs are we using for this? That's a good question. Findar Station. <laughs> Findar Station, we are uh, asking permission to dock. This is Captain Cinnamon Rex of the Libraratron. Guys, I wrote a new fake ID for us. <laughs> Reading you, Libraratron. Great. Uh, we are requesting permission to dock. What's your business? Uh, we are here for uh, general repairs, resupply, and to uh, have a sortie down to the planet. We don't have you having come into Findar previously, so we're going to have to scan you. Perfect. Uh, giving you coordinates. You're clear to land. Great. We've got sick and wounded on this ship. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just playing with you. Are you? Uh, yeah, you'll get me. In. I'm Cinnamon Rex. It's, I'm a jokester. <laughs> Okay. Uh, we're kind of known for it. Okay, great. You'll uh, not, what's your name? D- doesn't matter. Probably not going to meet again, but oh, okay. welcome to Findar. Thank you. Uh, Some identity is Nutmeg Wolf. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm Cardamom Fives. Cardamom <laughs> <laughs> it looks like I am Saffron Cody. That's a I wish really, I picked that's a really that's cool awesome. name. Yeah, you went with Cardamom Fives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know what I went with. <laughs> I'm Pepper Tup. Pepper Tup, that's oh, so no. great. Does, and Nemo doesn't have a name? Oh, I like your guys' naming convention better. Mine's Pine Coman. Sorry. Okay, so when I was creating these IDs, mm-hmm. I had to create some fake dummy IDs to test the system. So... Pine Coatman was one of the ones that I created, 
and then I forgot that you were going to need an ID, so you're just going to have to go with Pine Coleman. Yeah, okay. But, but Pine Coleman pretty- Wolf was uh, just something that you thought, oh, that's a reasonable name. No, the Kyber Crystals gave us these. Yeah. Okay. So they thought these were these were reasonable names. Yeah, I'll have to raise issue with it later. I like mine. Okay. Cardamom. Yeah. Cardamon Do we call you Cards? No, we uh, we have to use our full these names. Full people. Name. All of us. Yeah, it's a full first and last name. Figured I'd be like Saf or Safi. Safi. I don't know. I think it's a little suspicious. Safi. Have For everyone to have a nickname, a fake name, and a nickname—that's a lot to keep track of. I mean, how have you? How many people have you ever met? Like a group of people that have all have nicknames. Well, some groups are like that, though, because one person has handed out nicknames to all of yeah. them. Uh, like, for instance, every single clown trooper. Okay, you can't. That doesn't count. Yeah, you can't keep using your life and real things that happened in it as for instances. Every, every also, Rodian has a, a Rodian name that you can only say in Rodies. Really? They have a. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to make a point here. <laughs> Look, Cardman Fives is right, okay? We have to go by our full nicknames. Also, all of our last names are just nicknames. It's true. So you want us to have first name, nickname, nickname. It's more realistic than at least one person does. And you want that person to be you. I like Safi. I think it's cute. I don't know. I, I just don't think I'm going to be calling you Safi. You don't have to call me that. Also, no one, you can't pick your nickname. Fine. Like, that's I, not how nicknames work. Then I'm going to call Linick Card. Look, why should our nicknames have anything to do with our actual names? That's true. That's <laughs> be, a very good point. Look, let's call back. <laughs> let's call back to who we are calling Nutmeg Wolf. <laughs> we'll call you Heavy because you're a heavy weapons expert. <laughs> Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll call New Heavy Trist, who we're calling Cinnamon Rex. His name will be Crunch because he's the captain of the ship. <laughs> Did we get? Uh, do we have IDs? Like, are we smugglers? What are? What are we? Uh, yeah, all of our IDs say that we're smugglers. <laughs> 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 no, we're aboard the Libraritron, so we're actually... Librarians. Yeah, we're librarians. All of us are librarians? That's yeah. what the RD says. Okay. Oh, so I hope, Meg Wolf. I hope you guys are all familiar with the Dewey Decimal System in case anyone quizzes us. We... Now docking. Welcome to Findar. Why do you say it like that? I don't know, computer. Why do you say it like that? <laughs> Good question. All right, uh, everyone prepare for the sortie. Um, we're going to have to, if, if there's anything that you, anyone needs uh, to take on planet, so, with the exception of Trist, everyone's in the kitchen doing this meeting now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Trist can be, like, hologrammed into a chair. Oh! <laughs> I, th- I think the way that the hologram works in the kitchen is that, because, like, it has to come from somebody somewhere, so I think it's, like, beamed down onto the booth table. So, there's, like, a little Trist in his chair sitting on, on the table. <laughs> But the the way that we've oriented the hologram is so that it's <laughs> like oriented. No, yeah, it's oriented <laughs> so it captures me like sit like facing the front of the ship, and then it spits it back out so I'm facing a wall. So I'm sitting, but I'm not looking at anyone. Right. But also in my screen, I have a screen of a camera that's facing the kitchen, so I can see everyone, but no one can see my face. <laughs> it's a very confusing setup because Trist set it up. <laughs> You should have uh, read the instructions. I did it backwards because <laughs> you have to do you're working backwards. I don't have this fight again. It would be really easy to just turn it around. Oh, would it? Yes. Oh, I can do it right now. Don't you touch it. It'll take me like a minute and a half. We don't have a minute and a half. I could probably do it in 45 seconds, honestly. So, where are we going to stay? Do we have an I'll idea? I assume that we would just the hospital. Yeah, but I mean We aren't going to a hospital. Buddy, I think this is an outpatient procedure. <laughs> 
Oh. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think that we should be going to any hospitals. No, no. That's, that's... <laughs> no, we should probably be going to a hospital. I just don't think he needs to stay there. Well, we aren't going to a hospital because we'll need actual... I thought we were going to, like, a vet. We're going to go see Dr. Cabral. I've, I've met her. She's nice. You know, that she'll, she's, she'll be good. Uh, good for horses. Good for people. Hey. She does. It's for horses. <laughs> also, what is a horse? You know, one of those uh, small animals that jumps around in ribbits. So how... What? Where are we in terms of... Uh, like petty cash you know what are we putting into these well, I think well uh, Tris owes me $13 for the noogies that he gave me okay That's... I didn't charge you for those noogies no Alenic <laughs> I'm not saying that you're not nailing the definition of petty but <laughs> that is not what we meant I didn't oh. charge for those noogies uh, we have about, uh, I think, 16000 left over from uh, purchases made on Mandalore. So, good thing is, we have a replacement hand already. That's the expensive part. The procedure, you know, is something that, uh, especially if we're doing it off the books, should be well, fairly easy to Also, afford. they'll maybe have a nicer hand that's more Rodian that we could buy or trade. Okay, yeah. So we'll see if the veterinarian that we're going to has some Rodian hands lying around. We also need to save some money aside for ship repairs. Uh, we kind of tore up That's the a thing. lot of the ship. I don't think we have enough to afford ship repairs. I think we should go down to planet, start spending money on the hand, get some armor, and try and find a job. How about we do something uh, productive using the game mechanics? Why don't you guys roll me relevant knowledges on the planet so that I can tell you things that might be helpful? No, I'm fine. What is this? Outer Rim? Core Worlds? What are we, what are we so rocking? this is Outer Rim. Got it. But uh, it, you don't need to be rolling that. You, for instance, could be doing Underworld. You nice. know, that's theirs. What's the, uh, what are the uh, purple? It's, it's easy. So it's uh, one. Well, actually, if you're doing Underworld, it's two. For, for just uh, Outer Rim, is that one? Yeah, it's one. You could also possibly roll xenology because Fendar has a native species that you may or may not have met before. Success and a threat. Success and, a threat. Success and three advantages for education. I got a failure and two advantages for Outer Rim. A failure and but advantages. Four yeah. advantages. Cite your advantages, sir. Are they relevant to? Yeah, they have to. I'm gonna say that anything that we have have to be like establishing the world that we're going into and or the situation of our approach. They could be things that we have or things that will make it easier for you to accomplish some of your goals okay so i don't know anything about the planet but when i was a kid we owned a lot of land and had sort of a i guess a farm we just had a lot of like animal pets animal pets animal pets yeah so i am (laughs) familiar with how a vet talks I don't know. Okay. You I know vet. You I know, know vet. your way around a vet's office. Okay. Yeah. That, you know vet canty. <laughs> <laughs> the language of vets. <laughs> so that's only vets can't. I'm gonna say that that's only really one though. So are okay. there other things that you want to establish? So mm. this what species is the vet? Duros. Duros. Who's the, what are they? What are they? Cabane. Uh, Is there, would there be any sort of reason why he would be, she she would be particularly cool with a Rodian? You can have something that you're, that's a cool way. She likes Vornskiers. Because she's a vet. She's She's a a wild animal vet. And she loves Vornskiers. Yeah, that's definitely what it is. We found it. Cool. We found it, guys. Um, And I'll speak to her in vet scans. Moving around. So what did (laughs) you get? Underworld, I got a success and a threat. And a threat. Do you, ooh, a threat. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So um, until 20 years ago, this area of space was ruled by a group of people called the syndicate. They didn't call it a syndicate. 
because they didn't put an E on the end, so it's just a syndicat. Wait a minute. Oh, Are you telling us that it's called the syndicat? Very passionate yeah. about cooking. <laughs> and is <laughs> is Meowth their leader? <laughs> uh, they were run by Fendarians, and they, um, you know, they were just like your average, terrible, spooky criminal family thing. Spooky. Um, average. They, they used to do this thing where they'd like erase people's memories. They had, they, they make. Cool, legit. So, so, it's an elaborate <laughs> scheme already. Yeah, that's uh, we do this thing. We erase people's memories. Findar Station is a fully habitable zone. It's kind of like a separate moon, and the culture there is really about creating technology. People are into making the new iPhone. That's what they do. So a while ago, someone made stuff to erase personalities, very similar to how you uh, like reset droids' memories. Yeah, Deneuralizer and. <laughs> The syndicate used to wipe people to blank, then drop them on a, an uninhabited planet and see how long, like, take bets on how they were going to do. That's the then, coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that is so awesome. Well, it was shut down around 25 years ago by some Jedi. Um, and, Good uh, thing they're all dead. So, Maybe did they erase their skills? They're like survival skills. Well, that's kind of they—they'd erase you as a human back to zero. So you're just like a wild animal. Yeah, that's amazing. I want to see that in real life. What was the name <laughs> of the show? I don't know. What was the name of the show? Can we get? Is it on Netflix? <laughs> 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 okay. Are they hiring? <laughs> so that was dismantled, and they're now a democracy. But Ooh, dismantled is a really na- nice name for that for show. For that show? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like dismantled, because it's men that they dismantle. So there are obviously some remnants of that group still around. During the Clone Wars, this place was kind of fought over by... Not the not the Republic. What was the other thing? The Separatists. Mm-hmm. The Separatists kept trying to invade, and because of their like the shift in in ownership, they were really adamant about not belonging, about being completely neutral. And uh, they have a difficult relationship with getting goods in as a result. You know, so that's they uh, have a pretty good smuggler network because they need it. Uh-huh. Another thing that you know that you've heard chatter on smuggler lines that um, the Empire wants. The them to to join up and they really want to remain neutral so the empire's been putting the squeeze on them uh which is easy since they're kind of newly established yeah so smugglers have been finding it difficult to get things in but people are willing to pay top dollar for basic supplies that was a really really useful success and the threat will happen at some point back to what you get i got a success and three advantages uh so you said in the clone wars yeah. uh that the separatists didn't take this world um was it just the findarians repelling it or did the republic aid in that or did they not aid because this is still a neutral system no so uh so like it wasn't a clone level thing it was an Asajj Ventress level thing. Oh, okay. So Asajj and I think Grievous came here and menaced people and tried to <laughs> to to get up to some noise. But um, I like the idea that they just went door to door. We are the Empire. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were repelled by a Jedi and his Padawan that were here on layover, um, trying to get to a different planet. So that just layover. happened to work They're out. Stuck for in the people. airport. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the but the thing about Findar that this really gets you because mm-hmm. like you just heard someone you heard like Obi Wan whining, rabble rousing, it. yeah. Um, about well, because he he was oh you you might even know this Obi Wan was uh, when he was a boy he and Qui Gon were the people that. 
uh, dismantled the the horrible crime thing and, oh. and helped set up a democracy. Cool. So maybe yeah. he told me this one time when he was drunk. When he at was a bar. super drunk, yeah. Also, when he was super drunk at a bar, I'm going to use my threat to say that you uh, just as a lark kissed him. Oh no! Oh no! Well, he's still alive. I know that he's still alive. Yeah, but when he dies, for now. Be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone much- I kiss eventually dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back to. Imagine how much differently a new hope would have gone if you didn't kiss him. Okay, but the the important thing that you get, they have uh, their their own private private like police force mm-hmm. and stuff that they're not affiliated with anything else findars is pretty successful and uh, they are unique in that they have this bureau called the sentient property crime bureau uh they care a lot about droids is people who make mechanical objects they like droids who have their own personalities is a thing that they are that they fight to protect desperately mm. that's you know about it because it gummed up Gun- ventress's attempts at doing a thing you know that they'll be searching for droids on your ship and making sure that they're registered properly Uh-oh. how what were your advantages or or threat situation uh i had three advantages <laughs> okay do you want to use them to establish anything about the world yeah uh so because of the sentient property bureau they have a thing set up where if a <laughs> droid is damaged to the point where it is not functional uh there are state appointed technicians that will take a look at it oh absolutely good one we won't be in trouble we get amnesty international do I, any of you have xenology findar is one of those places that is primarily its native species that's there are i think the population around three percent human uh like two percent other but uh, two percent milk well that's what? No. Two <laughs> percent other on these I can get it. people one. identifying yeah. as other on the census data. And then uh, everybody else is Findarian. Findarians are reptile mammals and they What reptile mammals? So they have hair? Are we gonna talk about this every time it comes up? We're gonna dissect it every time but it comes up. But you're saying reptile mammal. Reptile mammal is a normal thing in this universe. It's like a snake with breasts? It's basically. Basically it is a lizard person who has breasts. That's what okay. that's what we deal with. In Star Wars. All right. Now I understand that term. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she brings up uh, the thing with a Findarian on it. They are that species that has, um, they're one of the like l- arms past knees thing, but not, uh, trans- not transdotions. Great. Moralo Evol. Do you remember that guy from the Clone Wars cartoon? No, but his last name is Evil, which is pretty funny. He was a, he created the cube, which was that needlessly complex training thing. Oh, that- oh yeah. 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 He's that guy. Oh, yeah. They have front facing eyes and like pinched faces their their skin goes green and brown it's splotchy sometimes they have white spaces around their eyes which tend to be yellow or gold they have claws you know Crypto mammals. The other thing, I guess, is that uh, the majority of the planet is rainforest, and it is the wet season. So, as you know, with rainforests, that means that the water levels go from, like, 15 feet up to 30 feet during the course of the day. Huge shifts. Big old shifts. Are there any other questions about what we're looking at? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so, we need to divide into ground teams. Who's going where to accomplish what? I will go to the doctor to get a hand. Yes. It's Since a- I know Dr. Cabral, I will be going with Slenik. It's a good team. Trist, I think the most important thing is that we find work first. Work team. Work team. Which leaves Tamlin and Tony for the ship. Well... Ship team with Nemo. But... Ship team. But... Ship team. I think- ship team. <laughs> 
You're on the ship team, Tamlin. I'm not so certain that it is wise to leave them on the ship because we have to leave the ship on the station. We have to be shuttled onto the planet. Ugh. They don't allow ships onto the planet. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, she's right. So then Is Nemo, daycare? Uh, Tamlin and Nemo can go get close. Nemo needs new clothes. I'm assuming you don't have rain gear. No, I, I would love to go shopping for clothes. That would be great. I do not want to leave Tamlin with Nemo. Very jealous I'm not in that group. Nemo, are you emotionally prepared to take care of a Jedi child? Um, or are you still devastated by recently becoming a murderer? What, what, no, I, I've kind of emotionally fortified in the past few days. I'm doing all right. All right. Well, that's why I said that I was testing you. You seem like you're doing okay. Yeah, I'm doing great. Also, Tamlin, you're not going to use the force, are you, buddy? No. Tamlin, the answer is no. Why? Good question. Always ask questions because we said so. We're adults. Well, what about the lizard? Okay. The Who's going to feed the lizard? The lizards are going to take care of themselves on the ship they uh they feed by grazing so that's like basically how they do okay. but buddy back to, gets on a knee in front of tamlin i'll need you to give me your lightsaber i'm gonna give you a holdout blister but if there's a dangerous situation <laughs> it's gonna, gonna be a gun? yeah of course <laughs> look i'm gonna give nemo a gun going to take away your laser sword and give you a gun that's good. compromise we're good, good. parents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I give him a blaster. Now, I had Lenik modify this so it can only stun people. But it's going to be a lot safer if you get in a dangerous situation that you use this instead of using this, because this is going to bring a lot of Imperial trouble down on us. Do we have anything that, um, here's the thing. This is a, a normal planet. It's like one of the nice, nice places, you know, so. This is a nice place. It's nice things. You don't want us to run amok doing our usual stuff. I thought that went without saying. No, but this specifically. Not. Okay, good. Thank you for saying that Great. then. Tamlin isn't licensed to that blaster. So uh, but you know blaster. who is? You know who is? Pepper Top. Yeah, I think Pepper Top. We can license that child to a blaster. <laughs> no, he's not a child. He has. Yeah, he has... it says I'm 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a the the picture is him with a little mustache <laughs> photoshopped onto his mouth. That's just it seems more convenient. Well, let's just that hope way. that no one on this planet knows how Zabrak age. Well, they might not because, as I said, most people on the planet are not used to seeing aliens. Yeah, and there are plenty of short races in the galaxy. I don't think there's gonna be any trouble, but if there is, I want you using a blister. Lenik and I are gonna train you how to use a lightsaber before you go. No, that's fine. That's fine. I wanted to use a blaster. Oh, oh, good. It'll be fun. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to I'm going to be tough. He ruffles Tamlin's horns. Which means that and his head goes bobbling back and, <laughs> and forth. And his hands get all cut up. <laughs> They're nubby. Back to, I just want you to remember this moment and how it was 100% your decision to do this. I want that <laughs> to be on your head. Yeah, I think I'm going to be fine with this. Great. Okay. So, also, I modified that gun with only one hand, so it's possible that it can still kill people. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay, it should have been pretty much just gluing the stun setting. Oh, it sounds like you wanted to modify the gun. It sounds like you had the plan to modify the gun all along. No, Linux the gun modifier, okay? Okay. You don't, nobody You're tells right. you how to miss shots, okay? <laughs> Burn ball. Open the drawer. <laughs> don't lock it. <laughs> Smack. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to taste one of those one of these days. You've never, you've gotten 400 burn balls. You've never tasted a single one. I'm going to catch it in my mouth. It'll be cool. <laughs> so we'll get a hotel room up on the station? Yeah. No, let's get a hotel on the planet. Well, we're not going down on the planet, though, uh, right? Yeah. Tamlin and I are staying up here. Is this all staying to the station? 
I mean, we can we can go down with you. I just thought that you'd want us to be close to the ship, and the uh, if all got, the shopping is up here. Oh, if the shopping's there, then go there. Get a room in the station. Unless hotel rooms are going to be cheaper on planet. They're definitely going to be cheaper on planet, but I won't be able to help out with like ship repairs if I'm not near the ship. And you probably have to pay for the shuttle, so we'd we'd probably wind up breaking even, honestly. Uh, it says that children go free on the shuttle. Uh, oh, but then we'd have a problem. Grab, somebody then, grab a calculator. We'd well, have a problem. 18. But then we'd also have to take Tony through customs, yeah, and then no, you'd have to. Tris pointed out uh, he's 18, so he's not a child. Ah, uh, he's not, not a child, child anymore. That's a good point. Wait. So Tony, you know, he looks under twelve. We could probably say he's a child. I would say check his ID to make sure we're not trying to sneak him on for free. Does anybody do that? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but Tony, can right, he so. not come to the vet? Then I was hoping to. That is a good point. He, he does not have his shots. Anything for the? Yeah, he has zero shots. We need to give him his shots. Uh, and he's. We got to get something for this uh, hyperspace sickness. This is. Untoward. Okay, well, he likes my tea, so I think we're fine there, but it'd be nice to get him a shot. Well, you didn't get him a shot, you know. Even just Dramamine. Does anyone think to get him registered with the Kuiper Crystals? Because it's going to be more difficult if we're just bringing in... Uh... An illegal space wolf? Exactly. I mean, what were <laughs> we going to get, get him registered as? Oh, this this is a dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, he could be a dog. No, no, we have it right here. Cuman dogma. <laughs> Human dogma. Human dogma. Wait, I swear we've used that name for someone else. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't end up using it. Oh for yeah, that. we took human we... dogma. Human dogma. What a terrifying name. But this is a regular ID, so we are trying to pass him off as sentient to get him. <laughs> what do you him... mean pass him off? Yeah, he's more intelligent than a person. Above human, human intelligence. You all keep saying this. I do not think it is it true. It says it right there on his ID in red. <laughs> Tony looks oh. up from where he's like licking himself. <laughs> Look, Cox's head. He even learned how to walk on two legs. <laughs> Tony, show you a trick. Have you seen that video of the dog that walks around? No. We show him that video and then he does it. <laughs> <laughs> Tony can absolutely, but then he's taller than the majority of you. Yep. Just okay. like eye to eye with Bacta. Trist yeah. puts Tony in a big coat. <laughs> uh... It yeah. gives him a cowboy hat. So we grabbed the messed up duster that was George No, Cardassus. it's so good, mom, boy. <laughs> okay, we throw that. We up. throw that on It Tony. is, because it got ripped. The yeah, hat is still good. Tony's wearing the hat, too. Tony's wearing the oh, hat. Oh, oh, my God. We're just pretending he's a person. And you put a backpack on him that has his, his dog food in it <laughs> so that he can bring it on the planet. We're all just <laughs> six sentient librarians. <laughs> Six, wait, no, I'm sorry. There's seven adult sentient <laughs> librarians. On a shipment for four people. Just going to the planet. Uh, Nothing suspicious about that at all. His name is what? Dogma? Cuban. I can't wait for customs to ask us each the, the required question. We each get asked one question about our profession. To get through human Cat, dogma, can we and do also his name is customs? like human dog. It's like that's just. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> okay. Cool. Okay. Good. Linux getting really good at training Tony. Well, yeah, Tony's spooky, a good huh? boy. Also, it's Tony picks up these tricks very, very quickly. His uh, upon you calling him a good boy, his tail starts going. Oh, so his terrifying venom tail. You can't, you can't do that when you're walking up like a person, pal. <laughs> you just can't. I'm well, sorry. Some, some, some sentients have tails. Some sentients have tails. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that we've firmly established what we're doing, and it's time to head out. 
End of episode. Ba-da! Now, how about a Dear Minoc letter? Dear Becta! Uh, yeah. uh, Trist, Trist, do you read this one? Uh, no, Trist, no. <laughs> Lenik! Okay, I can read, so I will read it. <laughs> I can read. Do you want me to read it in your voice or mine? Uh, I would prefer <laughs> that you read it in your voice. Okay, your loss. Dear Bacta, as your standard run-of-the-mill human, I've always had a lot of questions about clones. Questions like, what was it like growing up on Kamino? And do clones have belly buttons? Have kept me up at night since I first learned about you guys. Frankly, my friends and family are getting tired of hearing about it. So I thought I'd go right to the source. I know your time is precious, so I'll only ask the question that none of the literature seems to answer for. Do you think of people's ages in terms of clone years or human years? Signed, a boring, basic human. I'm gonna urge you to only answer the question that they truly ask because it sounds like they're trying to sneak three questions into one. Yeah, I hear that, but oh, also, I don't get a lot of questions. Also, so... I'm very curious. Do you have a belly button? Yes, yes. I'll have a belly Where button. All clones have belly buttons on their belly in the standard belly position. It's just that we receive nutrients uh, through a machine rather than a mother. So, But it was like an umbilical cord. You yeah, did have was... an umbilical cord. No, I did have an umbilical cord. Great, cord. but it was a machine. Yes, it was. So, I had an an umbilical cord that attached to, uh, you know, your similar blood barrier that you would have in a natural birth process. Sure. But oh, that like the was, goose sack, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the goose sack, <laughs> except that was fed by a machine. So uh, it was a standard setup, you know, belly button umbilical cord uh, to, oh, what am I, a placenta type artificial thing that was fed by a machine. Hmm. Neat the clones have belly buttons in their backs, too. Oh, um, that might be a Rodian thing. I think it's an everybody thing. Mm, uh, well, I can't refute it. Okay. Anyway. Is no one else hung up on the fact that that guy ended a sentence with a preposition? Am I alone in this? Because if I am, I will drop it. I'm not hung up on it. Okay, well, I can't stop thinking about it. <sighs> Are we going to try and power through that? As far as how I think of age, I mean, growing up, yeah, we mostly thought of things in uh, human terms. It's just in look, your standard basic human terms. Galactic standard. No, I'd be calling it human terms. No, But a year is a galactic no one, standard It's a galactic year. standard thing. It has no. nothing to do with humans. Well, no, no, no. But years, so... I think humans made years first, right? Humans made time. Right, no. So I just see, <laughs> no, did they teach you to think of things in terms of human terms because that I mean, just seems how, really bizarre yeah. how clones that coming I mean clones are also that, still but... humans technically right yeah. I mean no. you're <laughs> cyborgs because you were raised by half a machine I believe uh, that's, that's how that no, works that's Makes not it how that works although there were cyborgs in the clone course okay well you're not giving me any information that makes me think that you're not a cyborg I am, I am not a cyborg I have you no do robot have parts that, uh, you have a robot part you have a robot part in your arm that was shoved into my arm against my will. I'm just saying that if we're doing uh, the whole, um, oh, what's the, uh, is it Bechdel test? Bechdel test. Bechdel yeah. test. If we're doing a Bechdel test, you got a robot thing in your arm, and your like dad was essentially a robot, so kind of makes so you a this... robot. <laughs> Anyway, I do normally, my instinct is to think of people and their ages in terms of, you know, what clones are. So I would say off the top of my head, Trist looks to be uh, around 12 or 13 years old. That's insane. And there's no way that you actually think like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's. We're talking about emotional maturity. 12 or 13. That's spot on. Well, Trist. So they, so when they educated you, which they did. Well, they did. So I do know there's a difference. It's just, you know, instinctually what I first think of, like when I look at Tamlin, you know, he's like two years old. Does that make sense? 
Okay. Or two and a half. I don't buy it, but I'll accept it. Why don't you buy it? I don't know. It just feels weird. That's because how I grew up. Lenick, racism is taught. It's not innate in a person. What they did to him on Camino was taught him to be racist. What? Wait a minute. Oh, okay. I, so you're on my side. Yes. Okay, I'm just yeah. thinking of things in terms of how I experience them. You're defending something with the veracity of a racist. The veracity of a... I feel like this one is not worth fighting. It's just... It's too out there to even refute. Great. Was there anything yeah, else in that question, or did we lock? I think that there was one... Wasn't there, there one was additional what was question? was it like growing up on Camino? Um, wet, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Let's all go around and say what we thought it was like. Yeah, wet. <laughs> Soggy. Wet, okay. Hmm, 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 hmm. I will say kimono. I think that probably... Uh, I bet that everybody was like taught in cubicles mm. uh, yeah. right? cramped yes very yes. cramped do you also cramped. think that all like counters and and chairs and toilets and things should be extra tall because on Camino everything was probably extra tall because well everything was sized exactly for you know all the clubs. is there any land on Camino or is it all just water well, with there's, platforms there's, there's land water, below it's, the water it's, there are a couple small land below the water no, yeah that's a planet there are outcroppings on Camino okay there are, yeah there, there are a couple islands, but it's nothing that you'd want to live on without platforms. All water has land beneath it. Well, right. Planets are just floating blobs of water. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like maybe one or two planets are floating blobs of water. I that's think it would just probably... disperse. <laughs> what, what gravity is keeping that planet together? Well, there the are plenty of planets that have like a molten core, but I wouldn't call that uh, uh, Yeah, that there's a Earth. difference. Yes. Yeah, okay, so points for us, no points for Tristan. <laughs> Uh, I will say it's hard to uh, it's hard to say what growing up there was like because I do not know the experiences that other people had growing up. Though I will say uh, from uh, conversations I've had with other soldiers from other you know different uh, species around the universe, I feel like it was a lot like military training camp. And one person told me that uh, my youth experience sounded like a boarding school. So I guess I guess that. If you're trying to picture something. Except everything's exactly sized for you. And most likely, every single piece of clothing and equipment you use is a hand-me-down. So cramped and wet. But I hope that helped you... Was it basic human? I think it was boring basic human. Boring basic human. I hope that helps you uh, leave your family alone. And we don't in sentences with four. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Campaign. The crew of the Minoc will be back again next Wednesday. Before I leave you, let me tell you about one of our affiliates, Making New Friends. Each week, Pat invites new and old friends into a studio where anything can happen. Former guests include murderers, ghosts, milkmen, centaurs, and that nice fellow who lives down the street. The Campaign Podcast is a one-shot podcast network production and a joint presentation by Paracosm Press and Peaches and Hot Sauce. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago-based comedy network with podcasts, videos, and live shows for you to enjoy at peachesandhotsauce.com. The Star Wars Edge of the Empire role-playing game belongs to Lucas Books and Fantasy Flight Games. Finally... All music on the show is performed by the Snowdens of yesteryear. Until next time, peace is a lie. There is only passion. (laughs) 